new year everyone happy 2024 so this i think this is just a me thing but i i think the whole idea of new year's resolutions are kind of fading away like i feel like the whole idea of people saying oh this is my year i'm gonna do xyz maybe it's just me but i hear less and less talk of new year's resolutions my, there might be less talk but at least internally there is something about like a new fresh beginning of a new year that sparks us to change certain things about our life, right? Some of us want to eat more healthy this year. Some of us want to, you know, start working out or get back to working out. Some people want to go back to like, you know, get out of debt or just be better financially, so forth and so on. Sometimes our goals this year are the same as it was 12 months ago and maybe 24 months ago, but there's something within us, maybe we never articulate it, but there's something internally at a bare minimum that we want to change something about us internally as we begin the new year. And, and this is what's kind of sparking this entire series titled, The Better Version of Myself. Or sorry, The Best Version. Sorry, the, the, the font is uh, dark. The Best Version of Myself. The Best Version of Myself. Because all of us want to be a better version of ourself. And hold that thought, I'm going to tell you why. I'm not the biggest fan of that phrase. Um, and, and, and I'll kind of share a little bit further. But you and I hear it all the time. I want to be a better version of myself. I want to be the best version of myself and so forth and so on. It's cool. Awesome. Hold that thought. So we will go further into that. But if we can rewind in history, and I want to share with you a quote by a, a, a monk by the name of St. Anthony the Great. St. Anthony is given the title of being the father of all monks. Because if you look at monasticism and Christianity at large, the one who was a founding father to really push forward monasticism or the ascetic life was an Egyptian monk by the name of St. Anthony the Great. St. Anthony the Great, or some people call him St. Anthony the Egyptian, but St. Anthony the Great, um, you ask any Benedictine Catholic monk, you ask other uh, Christians about who was, you know, who was the first of, of the monastic movement, all of them point to St. Anthony. So St. Anthony said this common quote, which you and I can definitely relate to. Every day I say to myself, today I will begin. Every day I say to myself, today I will begin, right? So many of us internally, and even regardless of your worldview, there's something that's like, yeah, this is my year. Every day I will tell myself I'm going to begin, right? So regardless of last year, regardless of your goals last year, regardless of where you are, you want this, this year to be your year. You want this to be a, fresh, a new, fresh start. So it's an awesome quote, right? Every day I say to myself, today I will begin, but there's another half of this quote that St. Anthony said that people don't talk about. And I'll share with you why no one talks about it and they kind of just keep it at this and why this is, you know, the attractive, you know, Instagram quote that's really good. St. Anthony said that and we kind of just stick to it. But there's a lot more to it. So hold that thought. Many of our New Year's resolutions, many of our goals, if we're honest, is about me. I want to be, I want to get out of debt. I want to be better financially. I want to get healthy. I want to work out. I want to whatever, right? It's about me. It's about you. And I want to share with you, and th those are great, you know, keep, keep those goals, you know, you know, be the best version of yourself and, you know, eat, right? Do all, you know, do all, all that's good. But I want to share with you something personal. There was a question that I read in a leadership book maybe 10 years ago 
that really changed the trajectory of my life. And I'm not saying it in a cliche way, oh, this changed my life. I'm not, I'm not I'm, genuinely. This question, once I read it in this leadership book, really, really, really pricked my conscience, really gave me an itch once this question was presented to me. Um, I, I don't want to bore you with the details of that story, but this question really, really impacted me. And I want to share with you this question. This question is a question you want to ask yourself at different seasons of your life. It's a question you want to hold on to and ask as life takes you through different curves, as there's natural highs and lows of life, you want to ask yourself this main question. And again, I'm not saying it in a cliche way. I promise you, if you embrace this question, if you stress out about this question in a healthy way, I promise you, this question can change the trajectory of your life. This question has the power to change the trajectory of your life if we embrace this question, not at a head level, but at a heart level. This question, if you look at this icon, this is a, 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 a painting, an icon of Moses. Maybe it's kind of hard to see the details, but this is Moses leading the children of Israel away from slavery, away from an old life in Egypt to the promised land. And as Mo there was something inside of Moses that, that gave them this itch, he was number two in the land. I mean, this guy was, was a top dog, you know, up there in, in, in the government. He was in control. He had so much authority. He had so much power. But there was something inside of him that just killed him of seeing the oppressed of his people. And it was because of this question, if this is what led him to action. He could not stand it anymore. And he took action by this question as a leader. For those who are familiar with the story of Queen Esther from the 5th century BC, this queen who was really up there right next to the king of Persia, right? She was really up there. When she saw the oppression of her people, there was something within her that she, she could not just lay around and do nothing about it. She could not just be like, oh, you know, it is what it is. She didn't just say, well, let's just pray for them. No, she took action. Like she did a big no-no culturally as far as going speaking to the king. She fasted, she prayed, and then she took bold steps because of this question was residing within her. And I'm, don't worry, I'm going I'm to get to the question. To the point that she felt so passionate about taking action that she said these, these words, maybe we, we don't realize this is from the Bible. She said, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. Like, this is what's at my heart. This is what's giving me that itch. This is what's pricking my conscience. And I cannot just be passive about it anymore. And if, I, if this requires me to give up of myself entirely to the point of death, so be it. Nehemiah, a story very, very dear to me. Nehemiah was really up there also in, in a great authoritative position. But when he saw his people moving to another place, going back to their homeland, but they needed help in establishing themselves and building a wall, he left his comfortable position and he went to go and help them build the wall. And, and why I love the story so much, because there's no... Miracle, there's no supernatural event. It's just discipline, focus, and his faithfulness of who he is as a man of God to being faithful to what was itching him or what was heavy on his heart. He left his comfortable position for what was inside of him. In some way, in some way, you can look at the Holy Trinity. That the Holy Trinity, God, the triune God, saw humanity drifting away from him. And it broke him to the point that God said, I cannot see 
man drift away or not know what's the path of life. They're having their own language as far as knowing what their truth is, determining what's good for them. I cannot see that anymore. It broke him. It broke God to the point that God came in flesh to show us the path to life. You can look at the words in the life of St. Paul the Apostle, an early Christian missionary around the Mediterranean Sea. You can see that he had a shameful past of him persecuting and killing Christians. But then with his boldness, his confidence, his humility, he had this itch inside of him that he hated seeing other people make poor decisions away from God. That it gave him an itch that he could not stand and just passively see it. That he wanted to take action. That he, he, he would write letters. He would go serve and pastor those Christians in different areas and tell them. Like, I, I am paraphrasing here. But saying, I hate seeing you making poor decisions, not knowing the impact of your decisions. Not knowing how it can change the trajectory of your life. And he's trying to anchor them for them to realize how much they are loved by God the Father. And how much they should take serious their actions and how they behave and how they make life decisions for them to understand the impact that this has on them, their eternity, on those around him. And this is what compelled St. Paul. This is totally trivial, but does anybody know who this is in this picture? Huh? Wow, who said that? Oh, very good, Peter. Very good. So this, this gentleman right here. Hello. So this gentleman right here, his his name is Habib Gurgis, right? He's an an Egyptian man. I don't like him just because we have the same last name. It just happens by coincidence. But I want to share with you a story. So in the 1900s in Egypt was a dark time for Christians in Egypt because Christians were passively going to church just to check a box. Oh, liturgy, check. And it was just, there was no... Um, theology. There was no preaching. There, there was no communication in church. It was just liturgy, and people went back home, and it, went, it wasn't much engagement in the people, so it was a dark time in the church. But St. Habib Gurgis, he later became a saint in the church. This killed him. This killed St. Habib Gurgis. It killed him that he hated to see it, that he wanted to learn how to be a better communicator, how to be a better preacher himself, than he went above and beyond to bring in other people from other different cultures, different language, for, for them to teach, hear me out, to teach the priests, the Coptic priests, how to preach, how to communicate. And, and he established the Sunday school movement in Egypt. This did not exist in Egypt. There was no Sunday school in Egypt before St. Habib Gurgis. Why I feel like, I, I, why he's my patron saint, why I love him so much, is because he turned down being a priest or being a bishop. He felt like, I know my role, I know my gifts, I know my weakness, and there's something heavy in my heart, and I have to take action on it. it it's, it's not, it's, it doesn't, it can't be fulfilled in priesthood, it cannot be fulfilled as, as me in, in any other aspect of ministry. He understood what broke his heart, and he took action on it. And because of that, the church became alive. There was a light in the church. I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but if you look at his biography, he was such a beautiful communicator and a great preacher, and it was unheard of before the 1900s. It was unheard of that the bishop, a bishop in the church, while Habib Gurgis was preaching, the bishop in the back would stand up while he's preaching in awe and just bless him with the sign of the cross because he was so in awe that he's never seen a preacher like this in all of the Orthodox Church. In Egypt. All right. So there you go. Okay. Everyone with me? All right. We're good. 
So that's St. Habib Gerges. And then obviously, this is MLK weekend. And the same is true if you look at the life of Martin Luther King Jr. He left a comfortable life up north because something compelled him to stand up for equality. And you know the rest. Before I show you the question, this will cost you. If you really embrace this question, it will cost you. It will require something of you. People will look at you and say, you know, it's, it, it, this is how you're going to spend your PTO. This is how you're going to spend your money. This is, this, like, do you understand what you're giving up? You're giving what? You're doing what? People are going, your family is going to question you. Your friends are going to question you if you genuinely embrace the stress and the impact of this question. Because I'll tell you what, if you look at those who inspire you, like look at your own life, and if you look at those who inspire you, those who inspire you are not the ones who started eating salad three times a day. They're not the ones who said, uh, I'm going to go to the gym past February, right? Those are not the ones that inspire you. They might motivate you, but they don't inspire you. And, and, and not to go off track, I want to make sure we understand the difference between being motivated and being inspired, Motivation is like something externally, like I'm motivated externally. But to feel inspired, it's coming from the word in spirit. It's something internally that compels you, that drives you internally. A motivation, something I see online, something on social media, something, oh, that, that motivates me. I, I want to be like him, I want to be like her. But to be inspired, that's something internal. You and I have never been inspired by, 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 by someone losing, well, me. I've never been inspired with seeing someone lose 15 pounds or, you know, start eating healthy or get out of debt. It's great for them. I'm motivated but it did not inspire me. All of our goals and dreams and New Year's resolutions focus around what's best for me, right? Let's kind of be raw. Let's be real. It's what's, what, what's best for me, my own personal goals. The question I want to share with you now is what breaks your heart. I've asked some of you guys this in, in private, in public, but this question is heavy on my heart. What breaks your heart? I want you to be the best version of yourself. Cool, right? I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I love it. Like, oh, I'm going to be a better version of myself. Cool, awesome. Be the best version of yourself. That is a means to an end in which you are not the end. Let me say it again. Be the best version of yourself. Be a better version of yourself. Even though I have many questions, that's highly relative. Anyway, that's a different story for a different time, right? Being a better version of myself, but by what standards, right? Because, you know, many terrorist groups are also being the best version of themselves, right? It's all relative. It all depends how you define best and better and good. All, all these are relative terms. Oh, cool. Awesome. You want to be a better, but maybe we can say at a broad moral level, we have a universal understanding of what it means to be a better version of yourself, be a better version of yourself to the point that you, that it is a means to an end. Be a better version of yourself that is a means to an end. But make sure that you are not the end. Because if you are the end and you accomplish these goals and you do not embrace this heavy question, then you and I miss out. Then you and I miss out at the end. Because every life decision, every vacation, every financial move is completely dependent on what is best for me and what is best for you this is a heavy question 
and I, we're having a whole series on this, right, to begin the new year. So I'm not telling you, like, you know, you're going to lose sleep about this question tonight. But I, I'm just kind of teasing it out from now. What breaks your heart? Going back to St. Anthony, in the year 380 AD, he said these words. Every day I say to myself, today I will begin, right? <clears throat> we're going to begin. No more excuses. This is a new year, new me, better version of myself. Awesome. How does St. Anthony continue? My job, my job is not to judge. My job is not to figure out if someone deserves something. My job is to lift the fallen, to restore the broken, and to heal the people in pain. That's why I must start my job today by judging myself. Beautiful words. I'm dropping a bomb of the question, what breaks your heart? But I promise you, if you go along with me throughout this series, if you just entertain this question for now, you know what, forget it. Don't actually don't entertain the question. At least just classify your own hopes, dreams, what you inspire to do, how you conduct your life, how you make life decisions. Put it into two buckets. Are all your life decisions into the bucket of what's best for me, being a better version of myself? And is there another bucket that we at least need to shed light on? And it goes around the question of what breaks your heart. For now, just ask yourself, is that embedded in how I make life decisions? Of me just entertaining, entertaining. I'm not saying don't go into the deep end right now with that question. But at least for this week, until we get into part two next week, what breaks your heart? Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, I'm so grateful that you have put in front of us, that you have put this on my heart for us to break down this conversation, to break down this question as far as what breaks our heart. Lord, nothing is random, nothing is by coincidence that every single one of us, there's something there that pulls at us every time we see it on the news, every time we see it in someone else, every time we're triggered by that one thing, it pulls at us. And Lord, that is not by random. That's been ordained and blessed by you. But Lord, I pray that we can just open our eyes, open our hearts for us to just see what is that thing that, that is heavy on our heart. Because Lord, you have us all here for a huge purpose, a purpose for your kingdom, a purpose for eternity. And you have given every single one of us a unique upbringing, a unique background, unique resources, unique family, unique gifts. All of this you have entrusted for us, the good and the bad and everything in between. But Lord, all of it is for a purpose so much bigger than ourselves. Lord, as we begin this new year and as we you know, try to fix and, and do better on different aspects of our life.
Stretch our heart. Open our heart for us to look into the question of what breaks us. Because, Lord, that is you touching our heart. Through the prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.